Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I want to start the program today, and we're going to start it this way. I want you to listen to this. So you may be asking what I'm doing. Well, I'm going to ask our first guest uh, why the bells are ringing. And our first guest is Israel's ambassador to Canada, Ambassador Ido Moed, is back with us on the program. Mr. Ambassador, thank you for the time. And what's the significance of the bells today? Thank you very much, Roy, for having me on your show again. I appreciate this this bell ringing because it is to remind us that, that today we mark 100 days since the 7th of October massacre. 100 days have passed and we still have 136 abductees kept in horrendous conditions in Gaza. They are there without us knowing what is their fate. We have no idea how they're held. We know that from testimonies that they are abused. And it's just horrific. The 1,200 people who died in that massacre and their memory uh, needs to be relived. We are at war with a terrorist organization called Hamas. And uh, we do hope that we will not have to have such days as today to, to commemorate. We want our people back and we want this war to end. But Hamas needs to be eliminated. Yeah, Mr. Ambassador, we've been hearing news uh, stories today that family members of hostages and Israeli citizens have been demonstrating in Israel and demanding the hostages be released, demanding that the government and the Prime Minister Netanyahu get this accomplished. Could you speak to that? The very broad public in Israel supports the government in its war against Hamas. But at the same time as we hear of the fate of the hostages from the testimonies of those who were liberated, the pressure among the people of Israel is mounting. These people need to be released. 136 people, young and old, children, men and women, are held in who knows where conditions. They have. They are starved. They are abused. They are. They are. Uh, there are stories of rape and and, and other horrendous crimes. So the public wants to air their concern and their yearning for their release. And so the government is working and is doing its utmost. The military pressure on Hamas, we know that there's that also bears fruit, but we have to keep it up. And that's why public speaks up. Okay. So uh, even though the public in Israel is protesting or, or massing and uh, demonstrating the they are still supportive of uh, the, the government and the initiative by Prime Minister Netanyahu, who said as well that Israel will continue its mission to destroy Hamas, regardless of opposition, including by international courts. And we know that story. I'll talk to you about that in just a moment. But the people of Israel are still strongly, are telling me, still strongly behind Mr. Netanyahu. They are very strong behind the, the war. There is, it's a very broad government right now, and so we can easily say that the broad public is all of it is in support of the government and is in support of this war against terrorism, against this source of evil that was inflicted on us. And we, once that is dealt with, perhaps other things will evolve politically. But that is not what we are focusing on. We are focusing on winning this war. 
So the South African charge at the United States, the United Nations International Court of Justice, uh, was that, or continues to be, that Israel is guilty of genocide, and uh, United States and other countries have uh, absolutely uh, refused to accept that premise. The Prime Minister took until this past Friday, with Mr. Trudeau saying only, and I quote, our wholehearted support of the ICJ and its processes does not mean that we support the premise of the case brought forward by South Africa. Ambassador Moet, to me, that's not a complete rejection of South Africa's case against Israel before the International Court of Justice. Seems to me to be a lukewarm support from Mr. Trudeau uh, of Israel at best. Well, I think at the same time, the message from Canada is very clear about the support for Israel's right to exist and to defend itself in accordance with international law. This is exactly what we are doing. When it comes to the International Court of Justice, we, we, we see that countries are very careful with the way they formulate their messaging. But it is clear that there is no genocide. Also, from Canadian perspective, there is no genocide. And I think this is very important to note that um, the international community does not see merit in this case, means that it's a politicization of, of, of a legal instrument that was cynically enough brought into place following the worst crime of humanity against another people, and that is the Holocaust. And so weaponizing this against the very people who are now victim of another effort to eliminate the people of Israel is very cynical. And so in that sense, it's very important that Canada came out with a statement. Yes, we would have preferred it to be stronger. Of course, we would have, and that is clear. But at the same time, it is very important that Canada makes this statement about not accepting the premise of this case, because that means that the accusation of genocide doesn't really stand. Yeah, several Liberal Party members of uh, Parliament, I'm not going to ask you to get into domestic politics, but we do have several Liberal Party uh, members of Parliament uh, publicly siding with South Africa and uh, five Liberal and New Democrat members of Parliament traveling to the West Bank and several signed on to a ceasefire demand. That seemed... Do you understand that when, when people are doing that, particularly since there was a ceasefire in effect uh, on October the 7th? Yes, exactly. Ceasefire existed, as you very rightly noted, until October the 6th, and Hamas broke it. They broke another ceasefire when we created the humanitarian uh, uh, pause, and they will continue to do it again and again. So there is no reason to believe that Hamas can be any, any partner in anything in this, in this issue. And so the calls for ceasefire, I think that in many ways are actually are, and we said that also in the ICJ, in the International Court of Justice very clearly, are there to support Hamas in their efforts to regroup and to rearm itself and to continue their assault against Israel. And that is, that is of course, something that we will not accept. We have to defend ourselves against this ongoing threat, and we have to make sure that it's eliminated. But what is also very important to note in the context of this of this uh, this blood libel that was put in place by, by South Africa is that what Israel is doing and has been doing very clearly from the outset is making sure or making sure that everybody knows that it's doing its utmost to keep any people who are not involved out of harm's way. I, I must stress for Israel, any victim, any death 
is a tragedy. It doesn't matter if it's an Israeli or Palestinian. But when these people are innocent uh, bystanders, there is no reason why they should die. The only reason that this is happening is because Hamas initiated a war against Israel and against the Jewish people to annihilate it. So it's a war that was forced upon us, and we have to fight back. And it's very unfortunate that uh, there are victims in this. We are trying our utmost to warn people to stay out of harm's way. We inform them directly by phones, by uh, leaflets, millions of leaflets that were dropped over the Gaza Strip, and uh, by calling them and by making sure that they understand where are the safe places to go. And actually, we even protected the many people in Gaza against Hamas by putting tanks in place to allow for people to move from one part of the Gaza Strip to another because we knew that Hamas would attack them. So we want to make sure that when we are fighting Hamas, at least as people are hurt as possible, and at the same time also facilitate the flow of international aid and support for those who need it within the Gaza Strip. It's an extremely complicated process, but we are doing that. Uh, uh, We are working very hard to make sure that that happens all the time. We're just talking, Mr. Ambassador, about the uh, the visuals of innocent civilians, um, dead children, uh, wounded, uh, children killed. And I just received an email from a listener saying that he's very supportive of Israel, but he's asking the question, shouldn't Israel's world-class military be more surgical in its operations against Hamas? Good question. Uh, I think uh, the answer to that is in the time that Israel has taken to uh, prepare for the uh, operation in Gaza, which was three weeks from 7th of October until we started the operation. Uh, the three weeks have passed in our preparations. We have enough munition and power to, to, to really raise gas to very quickly, but we, we prepared because we knew this is going to be very complicated. And as it turns out to be, I think the most complicated warfare, urban earth warfare ever fought anywhere around the world. And so we are very meticulous. We have divided the Gaza Strip into small uh, parcels of land where we inform the inhabitants of a specific area in advance that uh, there is an incoming attack so they will be able to move away. Um, We inform them in time uh, so that they have time to go elsewhere. We inform people where they can find water and shelter. We work very closely on a daily basis with the international organizations, the United Nations and others, to make sure that these safe passages are, as far as we are concerned, guaranteed. And we try to inform people, in, by, even by calling them on the phone, to tell them, listen, get out of the house, of our, out of harm's way. We know you are not involved. So we are doing whatever we can. And I don't think that in the past any, any government or military has made so many efforts to, to protect the local population from our own attacks. Because, we, of course, we understand that we have to do that. That's our duty. And this is also what... A very broad population of Israel believes Palestinians will be our future neighbors. They are our neighbors now. And we have to find ways also to think about the future of this conflict. And the future will be some form of coexistence, which we'll have to have after we establish um, sufficient security guarantees. But that is the process that we'll have to work on after we, we complete the eradication of Hamas. 
What are the threats uh, now, Mr. Ambassador, do you think of a wider war developing in the region? We have the Houthis attacking shipping in the Red Sea and Iran-backed militias attacking U.S. military posts in Iraq and southern Syria, resulting in two U.S. bombing and missile assaults on the Houthis. Uh, one mission including British fighter jets attacking Houthi missile sites and radar locations. Um, at some point, is, is Iran going to be held accountable? Because they're behind all of this. They fund and they provide the weapons to these groups like, like the Houthis. I absolutely agree. Iran has to be uh, uh, to be accountable for what is happening, what's transpiring in the region. They have tens of proxies that are fighting this war through. So it's the Hezbollah in Lebanon that has killed today a mother and son in the north of Israel by shooting a, a rocket grenade from uh, from Lebanon into Israel, into a civilian uh, village called Fayouval. They are responsible for arming and training the Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and the like. They are coordinating on a constant basis with those organizations. They are traveling into the region. They are meeting them in Beirut and elsewhere in Damascus. And they are the ones that are behind the Houthis. And when people understand that their scope of reach is not just Israel, but their missiles reach far beyond uh, Central Europe, in the U.S., you understand that actually these, uh, this country poses a threat to not only to the Middle East, but far beyond. So uh, Iran should be held accountable for what... For so, so, how, so, so how do you see that happening? Because this is the time, this 100 days of war between Israel and Hamas. Uh, Iran supplies, funds Hamas, similarly Hezbollah and the Houthis. But we have about a minute, Mr. Ambassador. Isn't this the time? Wouldn't this be the perfect time? to really hold Iran accountable. They're, they're, distru- they're killing their own people. Absolutely agree with that. It has to happen through the United Nations. It has to happen through any other international platform, be it ICJ or elsewhere, where Iran needs to be held accountable for their crimes and their complicity in the crimes and their instigating of these horrendous war crimes and crimes against humanity and genocide. They've stated again and again that they will erase Israel from the map. So I... I think that this is the time to call on the international community to come together with a very strong statement to Iran to stop their, uh, their, their horrendous uh, and, and fatal efforts to, to eradicate Israel from the map and actually to inflict harm to the free world. This is a war about value and this is a war about our freedom. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.